0: for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. This week we are joined by our good friend, Eric Gallagher. Eric co-founded an apostolate with us called I See a Movement. And I See a Movement is a substack platform really designed for folks actively involved in ministry or wanting to be involved in ministry. We just recorded a season of the I See a Movement podcast dedicated to the apostolate and the interior life. And as we were talking about it and praying with it, we thought this is really a good topic for anyone whether or not they're actively involved in ministry or not. So over the next five weeks during your Lenten journey, we will be sharing all these episodes of I See a Movement as drawn near episodes here. And of course, we do hope you check out I See a Movement, especially if you are somebody involved in ministry in any way at ISeeAMovement.com. It's linked in the show notes. Uh, but more than anything, we hope that this series on the Apostolate and the Interior Life will be a blessing to you on your Lenten journey. We are on season three of the I See a Movement podcast. And this season, we are going to focus on something that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. That is the apostolate and the interior life. What does that fancy word, the apostolate, mean? Well, that's what we're going to spend the whole season diving into. So this episode is really just setting the stage for everything that will follow, kind of a 30,000 foot view in a way. And then each episode will go deeper into a particular aspect. Of the Apostolate, but first, welcome back, Eric. Welcome back, Kara. Thank you. Thanks. It's good to be back. It feels like very it's been like, way too long. Very like subdued. Like, thank you. Like, it was my turn to host this season, and like, like, welcome back. Welcome back. You're both just kind of like, yeah, we're here. We're here. (laughs) No, very excited to be back. Also very excited that Fred's hosting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: shaking the dust off. But you said we had to give life updates too before we really dive in. True, true.
0: Spoiler alert, Kara, dived into my notes there. and uh, I was going to (laughs) ask, as we begin, what has everybody been up to? What's been going on in, in your world since last season ended? I think, what, October, I think is when we wrapped up, had a couple months off for... Yeah, few holidays there. Yeah,
1: and a giant snowstorm and, in the Midwest.
0: Uh, two giant snowstorms, technically. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Eric, I'll start with you. Yeah. What's What's new in Eric's world? It's been a
2: really, really great few months. Getting Getting through this cold, this last couple of weeks has been crazy. That That feels like it's so close to my mind because we're recording this like the day after. Like, kids have been home. It seems like a lot, and so that's probably like my subdued like. Can I just not talk to people today because my kids have been around, it seems like, every day for the last two weeks. Right. No, the the exciting thing on my part is I've been working on this new project, The Catholic Best, and that's just taking a lot of time, and it's been really exciting. Um, it's a new little adventure that I'm working on. Um, and then the other thing that's new in our life is my son started basketball actually this morning, and they have junior high basketball practice at 6.15 in the morning. Which is which is great for me because I love getting my day started earlier, um, so I can drop them off at school and then I go do all my stuff and then get to work and things like that. So that's the updates for me. Otherwise, things Christmas everything went really well. It's just it's been good to take a break, but it's good to be back. Real quick, what is the Catholic best? Catholic best? Yeah, share what's been going on. Yeah, it's we're on a mission to help you discover the best Catholic everything. So first, it's a big online directory. Um, that has anything from like Catholic lawyers, doctors, to podcasts, to retreats, to ministry. If you're looking for something Catholic, our hope is to help you find it. And then we're going to have a huge like social media kind of Instagram game with just, I don't know, getting having a lot of fun and getting people to just enjoy and appreciate and kind of think about the Catholic atmosphere a little bit more in their day-to-day life. So lots of fun, lots of announcements come in the we launch officially on January 31st, which I think is after this comes out. So yeah. um, they can look forward to that.
1: I know I saw on their Catholic doula, Catholic wedding planner. I'm like, this is great, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you want to support those who are, you know, living the faith. And that's awesome.
0: That is awesome.
2: It has been so much fun to see. Speaking of the apostolic, because I know we'll get into this, but. Like I had no idea all of the cool things that are kind of out there. And so once we kind of like had to start curating all this stuff for the directory and just kind of getting our hands around it, God's doing some really incredible things and not just mm-hmm. through your parish or through the diocese, but just through people who love the Lord and are doing things um, out of their Catholic faith. It's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's Amen. Great.
0: Very fitting for the episode. Very fitting for the season, as you said. Unplanned too. That's- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kara, how about you?
1: I feel like you know life updates. <laughs> yes, I do, but listeners don't. Um, Yeah, no, the last two and a half months have been great. Christmas was wonderful. I always love Christmas. Uh, we don't ever travel. We have kind of made that a thing with our family. We are at our house for Christmas, and so it's always very relaxing and very wonderful to be with the family. Um, my sister got married, though, like, four days after Christmas. And so that was kind of a really busy four or five days with my whole family. So, but that was really good too, because we got to see a lot of people we haven't seen um, in a long time. Yeah. And then um, I don't think we've shared. So Fred and I, in our apostolate, we have um, been very blessed to partner with a parish who wants to put on our young adult mentorship program. Um, And so we're going to be doing that this summer for two months. And so we are looking for young adults. Hey, if that's you or if you know anybody, um, send them our way. To They can just email us, drawnear.me at gmail.com. But that's a very exciting update. I'm I'm extremely excited. I feel like a lot of kind of what is behind I See a Movement, if you've gone to the website, if you've read the About page, like the whole – the whole description and that whole word there really kind of grew out of this movement of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're excited to kind of come back. We didn't do it last summer. We kind of just kept saying it's in the tomb because we knew it would have a resurrection. So mm. here it comes.
0: Yeah. Amen. Exciting stuff. Yeah. As you said, my updates are very similar to your updates. So, right. uh, on the family front, uh, I actually have kind of enjoyed the the winter storms, mm-hmm. because everyone is so busy with all of their activities. I feel like even though I work from home a lot of the times, I, I never see them. <laughs> so it's actually been kind of nice. We have a lot of busy travel coming up, a lot of parish missions and retreats and leading music. I'm I'm booked for supporting you, Kara, for uh, a women's retreat coming up. I'm excited about that. I've never been booked just to do music. I don't know. Yeah. It, it almost feels like, hey, I get to Chill a little bit, but that's not true, actually. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> going to
1: be like, instrumental, come do guitar. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah,
0: it's kind of the opposite, but it's, yeah, I don't know, it's just kind of a neat change of pace, so yeah, that's that's Life Updates for now. I'm sure we'll share more as the episode, as the season goes on. I keep using that word apostolate, Eric, you mentioned it. If we were to define the word apostolate, how would we do that? What What does apostolate mean? We'll get a little bit nerdy.
1: Forward. Well we have to, I feel like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Eric define it. But it reminded me when you were when you were saying that, it reminded me of Princess Bride, which is like right. the best movie ever. It I is don't think movie. you know what that word yeah. means. <laughs> which
0: is exactly like in my head, that's the voice I heard because it is, as you said, Kara, yeah. the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> now that we've established that, Eric, what is the apostolate? What does that word actually mean?
2: Yeah, I think they're people have this understanding of apostles um, really different than like disciples. Like we, we have those who are kind of with Christ and then we have a lot of people in the church like to redefine like, but an apostle is one who's been sent out. And so I think that the idea of the apostolates um, is this, it's the work or the life that flows out of your relationship with Christ. And as, as we'll talk about the main the main difference, I think, though, is it has to be a, a steady flow and an abiding in Christ and through Christ that this work happens. And so, I'm sure we're going to say it hundreds of times throughout this season. But that is—that's the key to living out a true apostolate. It's to have this like deep interior life and relationship with the Lord that is like overflowing out of us, and the fruit of that relationship, and the and the work and the life that flows out of that really is the apostolates. It's the apostolic work that's that we're we're called to. And and we can put a name on it by having a ministry like draw near, right? Mm -hmm. Uh and and we can we can name it in that sense. Or it's just kind of who you are by by the work that you you're doing or the way that you're living your life. Again Through the love of God in your life.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I know you have a video on ICMovement.com where you talk about what is your apostolate, because I think everybody has their own apostolate. Where when we go out and we'll share, you know, we started our own apostolate, draw near. And you've done the same thing with Catholic Best, Eric, and people have asked, what does that mean? What's an apostolate? Because I don't think many people understand what that word mm-hmm. means, but I like that you really emphasize it's the work that flows out of our relationship with God, because a lot of this season is going to be diving into the book Soul of the Apostolate. So it's what's this, what's at the heart, what's in the soul of right. that work, and it's focusing more on the interior life. And so I like that you really clarify that the work isn't the main Thing. It flows from this beautiful relationship mm. with God. But every mm. single person has an apostolate. It might be in a formal sense with the church, or it might be you're a mom, you're a stay-at-home mom. Your apostolate is with loving your kids. It might be you're a Catholic lawyer, you know, whatever it might be. But mm. um, you're serving faithfully through that relationship.
0: And it's fascinating to, to read and understand how the church thinks of this. I remember as, you know, in the process of my conversion— you know, I was on my way to become a Protestant pastor, fell in love with the Catholic faith, and realized I needed to make that jump. Found myself at Franciscan University of Steubenville, which is God's university. In case you Stop. forgot, since last <laughs> last season, but um, is
1: that where you went to, Eric? <laughs>
2: no, I've only ever heard Steubenville people even say that, so I don't there's no validity to <laughs> oh, it. oh yeah
1: you went to ai we're 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 in the majority Got here second friend. favorite god's university I,
2: go. i'm starting the <laughs> official website that declares what is the best of everything and so we'll
0: see it what the people the have Augustus.
2: to say about this all right i, I guarantee you're gonna have with a there. pretty strong voice and, and yes. uh,
0: yeah. yeah nice <laughs> well anyways all commercials aside um as you know, It was interesting to come from that Protestant background, preparing to be a pastor, serving in Protestant ministry, and then going through RCA while learning the Catholic faith at Steubenville in the catechetics program. And I remember one of the first classes I had was Dr. Alan Shrek's Vatican II class. And one of the assignments, you had to pick a Vatican II document and give an oral report on it, which is actually kind of a little bit intimidating mm-hmm. when you're still in RCA. but. Um, The document I got was Apostolicum Actusitatum, if my Latin's off, forgive me, but it's on the apostle of the laity, basically. And one thing that struck me in that document is how much the church calls each one of us apostles. We are apostles. It says, you are an apostle. Kara, you're an apostle. Eric, I am an apostle. And it makes that case very strong and very clear. Now, before anyone is tempted to feel intimidated or nervous by that, it's it's a little A. You're not a big A apostle. Mm-hmm. But the church still sees you because that's the truth. It, like We're sent. The love that we've been given has been poured into our hearts so that we can go. And I just wanted to dial in on one quote from uh, the document that really stood out to me in this discussion. Eric, I think it reinforces your point. But it says this, it comes from the very first paragraph, the apostle of the laity derives from the Christian vocation and the church can never be without it. So the church can't be what she is and do what she does without you Mm -hmm. and the gift that God has given you and, and the grace and what he's calling you to. Okay, back to the document. Sacred scripture clearly shows how spontaneous and fruitful such activity was at the very beginning of the church. And there's a whole litany of scripture references for that. Our own times require of the laity no less zeal. In fact, modern conditions demand that their apostolate be broadened and intensified.
1: When was that written?
0: Uh, Vatican II, so in yeah, the yeah, early 60s. So, yeah. so yeah. But I, I don't know, Eric, as you as you, what you were describing with the Catholic best, and, and really what we're aiming for with I See a Movement, too, that That last line, our own times require of the laity no less zeal. In fact, conditions demand that their apostolate be broadened and intensified. Yeah. Uh, What are your thoughts on that passage, Kara?
1: My initial thoughts are we're 60 years past when this was written. And I would say it's even more the case Mm -hmm. because I know this might be taking us off track, I suppose, with that book um, from Christendom to Apostolic Age. Like when you're saying in... When the apostles were going out in the lay apostolate, like, look at all of the things that happened. They began the church. Look at the, the lady who is doing so many things. In Scripture, we see this. We're not just following the apostles, but we're following laity. Like Priscilla mm-hmm. and Aquila come to mind. Right. Mary Magdalene comes to mind. So different people who are not formal big A apostles, but they are Lady, and they're doing this beautiful work.
0: These are those who have turned the world up. They've turned, down. The, yeah, that's yeah. what Scripture
1: says. They've turned the world upside down. I think it's Acts seventeen, and it's so so beautiful to see that. But when we read this this book, and even if you haven't read the book, you can still see the reality of where we're at. When we stop seeing the need for the lady to have their apostolate and to work in their apostolate and to be sent out, I think we're definitely living in a world where. Where we were a little spoiled for decades, centuries, where we had so many religious who were taking on all of these roles as as teachers or whatever the roles that now laity fill. And we got to step aside when we should not have stepped aside. And now we're seeing the reality of that. And so I definitely feel like we're back where the apostles were, where we're kind of in a culture of hostility to God and maybe even ignorance to, to God altogether, where we have to step up. No matter what our what our mission is and our call is, we all have one and mm-hmm. we are all an apostle and that's what's going to again turn the world upside down. So I really I agree with that. I think it's very beautiful.
0: It's interesting that point you made there at a certain point when everyone else is doing that faith stuff, we don't have to do it. Then then our job becomes just a job. It becomes what we do to earn a living. It becomes our own thing and it kind of divorces itself from that greater purpose. Eric, you were alluding to this when you were talking about the Catholic best. Paul says as unto the Lord, I do all things as unto the Lord. But how often do we think about our work um, in investment, in accounting, in mm-hmm. the medical field, as a lawyer, as being an apostolate, in serving the Lord in some way? Eric, I'm curious your perspective on what Kara was saying, even from your work with the Catholic Best and how, like, how you see this playing out and what the Church needs today.
2: We have <laughs> what's coming to mind as Kara was talking was. I think that that shock moment of when Jesus basically says I'm leaving and you got you're going to have to carry this on. Yeah. And I think we're in a similar place in the church kind of the pendulum reality of we we professionalized ministry in the church to some extent and so are we expect priests to do so much we, we expect so much of the bishops and then we hire youth ministers and religious education coordinator we hire all these professionals that are supposed to be like managing all of the ministry and we've been we've, we've become very dependent on them and i would say first it failed us in the sense we allowed families i guess to kind of stop taking such an active role but now one of the gifts of like it's people are becoming less and less trusting of the church. I think that's actually to our benefit in in one sense in that, well, we're going to have to step up and help then, right? If people have lost trust in Mm -hmm. our bishops and in the church and so, and, and I'm speaking generally, um, if, if they have then a faithful Catholic is going to respond by saying well'm I'm, I'm gonna he- I want to help and they're gonna listen more attentively yeah. and be open to how, how they're called to respond but in the similar fashion of the gospels like it's almost like there's going to be there's a space now where this vacuum that has to be filled in by people and it's and it's gonna require, God's going to take all of the brokenness and the messiness of our culture and of our church and, and all the stuff that's happening. He's going to use that to like fire everyone up to get involved and to respond mm-hmm. um, with enthusiasm about what what the Lord wants to do in this world. And so I think that 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 idea of enthusiasm within our apostle is so important, um, but it. I just think it's going to come about in different ways. Like you see so many of these unique Mm -hmm. things popping up. I just saw the other day, a mom who's starting like kind of a homeschool co-op thing in her basement. Right. And, and I, I I believe it's a real like response to what the Lord is doing in her, but also probably triggered from all these other frustrations. And like she, God has given her this grace of like being maybe bothered or bored by some of the realities of the things that are happening. And she wants to respond by off by, uh, listening to the spirit and saying, like, I think I'm going to go take a step of faith here and do something pretty crazy. Um that's a very yeah. apostolic response to start living in that way. Mm. so I, I agree. I, I just think it's a time where not only is it is it a time where it needs to happen, but i if if we're honest and we're looking at where a lot of the fruit and the life is happening within the church right now, it's coming through apost a apostolic works within the lay apostolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've mentioned that before on the podcast, things like focus are, are not coming from the bishops or the priests right now. It's coming from these lay Catholics. That's just, they started with something small that God put on their heart and it grew into something they probably would have never imagined.
1: I feel like a lot of people are, um, are ready for it, but at the same time, maybe you hear that and you think, okay, what's mine? Or a little fearful of maybe I'm past the point of where I'm I'm of service and I'm helpful. And we've encountered mm-hmm. people who have had these thoughts, but it's really beautiful to see what God can do and transform. And, you know, like I'm just thinking of a, a, a retreat that at the end of it that we did, someone was just like... I'm ready to go. I'm yeah, ready to just yeah. go and they were like on fire because they wanted to mm-hmm. do something. They wanted to give back from this interior beauty that was inside themselves. They wanted to be sent out. And so I feel like if that's you, if you're like, okay, well that's great that other people are doing these formal things or that God has clearly chosen them for for, you know, such and such. Like really take it to prayer, grow that interior life and he's going to place a similar desire on your heart because you, Every single one of us is chosen for this beautiful mission, right. and we all have a very unique role in it.
0: Yeah, for such a time as this, as it says in the book of Esther. Yeah, I think there's an element there, too, where we can be so discouraged by the way things look and kind of settle into passively letting life happen and grumbling about it along the way and, and just kind of see things negatively. That's very easy to do in an election year. Especially, <laughs> or we can recognize the profound truth, and this is coming from Pope Francis, but Pope Francis is really just echoing what's in literally almost word for word what's in the soul, the soul of the apostle at the book, in every time and in every place the the Lord always raises up the right people with the right gifts to meet the needs of the time, mm-hmm. history, the lives of the saints, scripture itself like demonstrates that profound truth, and I, I just want to go back to apostolicum actusitatum. That'll probably be the last time I say that because that's very hard to say. But it says, paragraph two, talking about we all have a part to play in this. No part of the structure of a living body is merely passive, but has a share in the functions as well as life of the body. So too in the body of Christ, which is the church. The organic union in this body and the structure of the members are so compact that the member who fails to make his proper contribution to the development of the church must be said to be and this is really harsh i was surprised to find this must be said to be useful neither to the church nor to himself mm-hmm. wow that one that one stings yeah but that's the church teaching there like to fulfill your purpose for which you were created it's this it's this apostolate yeah so we do have to kind of settle into the fact, and this is also drawing from 1 Corinthians 12. I was gift, just thinking
1: 1 Corinthians 12.
0: Um, oh, you have a part to play yeah. and you can't be passive.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't it be the same way, like how it describes in 1 Corinthians 12, it describes that every member of the church is like every part of a body and you all have a particular ro- right. like role. I mean, it's the same thing. If your arm refuses to be an arm and do the functions of an arm, you're useless to the body and you're useless <laughs> right. to yourself. It's the uh. same thing. We can't refuse the gifts that God has given us. There's
2: also hmm. a, a Trinitarian reality of neglect in here too. If if we're not if we're not allowing the the spirit to be sent forth from us, like within the loving dynamic of the relationship with the Father, as as a member of the body of Christ in relationship with the Father, like in the Holy Spirit proceeding, like there's like this this reality of like you something is off or neglected if you're not seeing this reality of the third person of the Holy of the Holy Trinity being projected in your life and you're not seeing those fruits yeah and so I I think it's important to look at that because it is like again there I think even we will be surprised the three of us who have like studied the apostolate are going to be surprised at how like simple and even unique the apostolate is to each and every person but it yeah but how will we know how do we know it's it's the apostolate by the fruits of of it in our life and in those around us yeah and so if you are if you're at home and and you're you're living this life, and you you're just confident that the spirit is working. You're seeing it. You're, you're living in it. Then yes, you are living out the apostolate in your life. Um, you don't have to form it into an LLC or a nonprofit and name it like other people do. That's yeah. the the cool thing about that is that's just people having such confidence that they're willing to like make it more public <laughs> and. And put themselves yeah. out there in a different way. That's you. You might not have to as as a stay at home mom, for example. You, there, there's just other ways for you to live that out. So I, I just really, really believe that we need to have a real, honest, like look at ourselves and our identity, and and whether or not what we're doing is is protruding like. The fruits of the Holy Spirit in us, in and around.
1: I mean, that's John 15, where he says, Abide in me and I in you, and you will bear fruit. So I think the same goes to, like, if you are living the apostolate and you're seeing fruit, like you said, it doesn't have to be a form of LLC, like, continue living that. But in the same way, I always like being convicted. I always like when people like convict my heart because it feels like God's challenging me to continue to grow. But so, in the same regard, if you are living in an apostolate and you are not seeing fruit, then pause and ask yourself, Am I abiding in him? Because that's the root of any fruit that's gonna come. Is he abiding in me? And maybe, you know, you have to take a little little retreat, get back on track. But that's really the heart of it. And that's what the soul of the apostolate is.
0: Yeah. And a lot of that is rooted in your intentions and your love for the Lord. Like you said at the beginning. Eric, I'm reminded of a quote from "I Believe in Love," page one seventy-four. Bearing in mind the magnificent dogma the communion of saints, you must never doubt that you are really an apostle, if you love, and only because you love. So, as long as you're abiding, you're loving the Lord with all your heart. You're seeking to serve Him. You are what you desire to be for Him. Mm-hmm. So you might not see the fruit He He promises in John fifteen four through five that will bear fruit. But he doesn't promise that we'll necessarily see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember I was reading. um, Well, okay, so I was sitting in adoration and I always try and like read a scripture passage, whether it's the daily readings or something. But I was sitting there and I this is what it reminded me of, Fred. And I asked God, you know, can you bring a scripture passage to my mind? And then he was like, I want you to read the woman at the well. I was like, I've already read that. I don't want to read that. Pick a, <laughs> pick a different one. Bring that one to my mind. But I went and read the, women at, the Woman at the Well, and I had read that so many times. But the thing that stood out to me was at the very end, after the woman had run back to the to her town to tell everybody about Jesus, the apostles come. And what Jesus says to them, he said, one will sow and another will reap. And that's what stood out to me. And I think that's what you know, you're getting at as well. Yes, it might bear fruit, but you might not be the one who reaps the fruit. You might mm-hmm. have sown it. And the person who you are trying to reach might not even know you laid that that seed. They might right. not attribute you in the person who has discipled them. But God does. He sees what other other people mm. don't see. And so I think that also goes to even just like the humility that's required in an apostolate, that it, it can't be our work mm. and we can't be the ones who, you know, we have to see the fruit or it's not worth it. It's like, no, God, it, right. we have to trust that He's he's – bringing about fruit.
0: I love Ananias um, in scripture, not Ananias that dies in the doorway for lying to the Holy Spirit. He's, he's kind of a turd. Don't be that yeah, guy. don't be him. Um, but Ananias, who for all we know, he had an apostolate. He was serving the Lord. He loved the Lord. But the only thing he ever did that we know of was preach the gospel to a guy named Saul who became the Apostle Paul, and for all of eternity, Ananias, who we know nothing about, shares in the reward of Paul. Now, none of you would be listening if it wasn't for Paul. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Paul, probably. And... Really, none of us would be here if it wasn't for Ananias, and that's an incredible thing to think about.
1: You know what we can assume about Ananias, though, is that he had a deep interior life because Absolutely. God came to him and said, yeah. "Go to Paul, right, or go to Saul, right." And he's like, "No, I don't want to go to You're Saul. Crazy, he's, yeah." yeah. He, like he's yeah. following yeah. along in the Christian yeah. community. He has an interior life to where he can recognize the voice of God. Right. You know, he can heal Paul from his blindness. So right. I think we can assume that. Yeah. You know, it's to go out and to be sent by God himself, like we do need that interior life.
0: And initially, like he objected, but the power of that interior life being rooted, desiring, loving the Lord, like overcame. He trusted. Yeah. He trusted. Yeah. I think that shows too, there are many of us in our lives, like this is true for all of us. Uh, Second Corinthians 3 2 through 3, St. Paul says um, that we are living epistles known and read by man. The reality here and still going back to what you were saying, Eric, at the beginning, like all of us, as we share our Christian Catholic faith, as we share, as we witness in the world, we are living, breathing, walking Bibles known and read by men. And the only way so many people will ever come to know Christ is simply by us being a witness Mm -hmm. and allowing them to read in our lives that's our apostolate, and that's what we're called to do. That's why it's indispensable.
2: and there there's even a reality. i I, th- I think we just we forget that it's not up to us for this witness to happen. It, it's it's not it's not because of all the good things we do. It's not because we saw the need and we filled the need. Like, these are important mm-hmm. things that we want to engage with, and no doubt the the Spirit works through our own perspective and our own understanding and our own tendencies, like, in, and the Spirit does all those things, but the reality of the soul of the apostolate, which I'm sure we'll get into very quickly, like, maybe in next episode or whatever, but, like, the woman sitting at the feet of Jesus, Martha Mary, right? Mary, Mary Martha right? has, like, chosen the, the better parts, right? And I know we'll get into this, but we... We have to be a people who live our lives only with a preference towards living with the Spirit and being concerned for nothing else. <laughs> because yeah. we, the second we start trying to like guess or understand or try to take control or want, we, we want to choose the things that are important in any way is when we start to lose control of the, the true apostolate in our life. And this, the soul of the apostle that we're going to go through, like it goes through all of these little tests and inventories of how we can make sure we're maintaining that. It's just very important that we we recognize this is, it's serious business in the sense of truly the Holy Spirit wants to live in you, dwell in you, and work through you, and we want your life to no longer exist so that only God can exist and only his his will and and all of these things are taken up into his life and that's how we want to live and you'll likely still probably do and help the world in similar manner <laughs> than you were before but, but
1: yeah better. but there's a
2: different but there's a real power behind it where you you actually look up and you say i i never would have thought that god would do this through me yeah. Um, and, yeah. and there's a humility that kicks in when you're really living the soul of the apostle.
1: Well, that's the truth of what it means to be an apostle, an apostle because it, it does mean being sent, but there's a reality that it's not just going out and telling people about Jesus, it's living a life that's transformed. But the only way we can do that is by grace, is by the Holy Spirit. Like The, the last command in the book of Luke that Jesus gave to the apostles was, wait, wait for what? Well, Luke picks that back up in his other book, in Acts, and it's waiting for the Holy Spirit. So they are not; they are supposed to go out, but first they have to wait, and they have to wait for the Holy Spirit because he's the one who does it. And there's a quote in, uh, in The Soul of the Apostolate, and it says that to share in this life, talking about the life of Jesus, and to communicate it with others, you must be grafted onto the God man. And so I looked up grafted because I'm not a medical professional and it literally means to transplant living tissue. So like to take a living part of a body and, you know, attach it to another living part of a body. So to take living tissue to be grafted to the God man, like when do we receive that? Well, we we receive the living God in the Holy spirit. We receive the living Christ in the Eucharist when we receive him. So it's really the heart of what anything we do and any fruit that we bear is all centered on abiding. It's all centered on the Holy Spirit because he's the one who does it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. With Christ, all things are possible, right? He tells us that. He gives mm-hmm. us the answers.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is we don't like things the way they are, but we're not going to be able to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps Yeah. and kind of power through a revival. We're not going to be able to
1: I mean, you can, but but it's gonna feel like you're drudging through like deep, deep mud, and you're getting absolutely nowhere, and it, mm. there's no joy or life in it. Yeah. But it, it, so, does that sound good? <laughs> but yeah. I, the, I mean, revival happens by the way of the Spirit, not of our own will and our own accord.
0: I found myself often convicted of of this, like working in professional ministry uh, for as long this long. of of feeling like we have to have the 10 steps to solve this, the five best programs to do this. Yeah, Um, You know, oftentimes I've heard those things, like we just bring in these speakers, this will solve the problem, run this event, do this program. And like, we need all of those things. They serve a purpose. They serve, like speakers have their place, events, we need programs, programs are tools. But when the church was faced with its greatest challenge... Uh, in the book of Acts, for Christ had just been crucified. Yeah, there was the resurrection. Things aren't looking good. What does he tell the apostles to do? Go and wait mm-hmm. for the promise, the Holy Spirit. Spend the time in prayer. That was the preparation. And I, I think you see other places in scripture, Matthew 6, 6 comes to mind. Um, go into your room and pray in silence. And one of my favorite passages, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. That is the soul of the apostolate right there. That turning, that hidden life, that interior life, which we're going to spend the whole season unpacking, but you want to renew your parish, you want to renew the world around you, starts in your own heart first. Like G.K. Chesterton, what's the problem with the world? Me, Me. Mm -hmm. I'm the problem. Yeah, but the good news is, by grace, because the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life and the gift of the interior life, the gift of God's love that He pours into our into our hearts, you're also the solution. Mm
2: -hmm. What's coming to mind is this: (laughs) we, I just have this tendency always to look everywhere else rather than look at Jesus. As you as you said that quote, that image just came to my mind of like I am just so distracted all the time in a spiritual sense. Like I I want to remain closely connected to God, and He's given me all these different passions and different desires and things that are are so important. And I'm so quick to want to just take those things for myself and to do them without Him. And I mm. I think as I'm really. And just to even have this conversation with you guys i just continue to like feel this like pressure of like you you have to remember eric that's like i called you to these things i i'm asking you to do it with me i want to talk to you about it every day i want to share in it with you yeah. i want it it's mine by the way i can take it from you at any point and and i i want you to know that but it's yours i i give it to you and i i love you but mm-hmm. I I just forget about him in the process so many times. And I, yeah. I think that's, it's human, It, but it, just that desire to, to be able to find him in all of the things, right? We've mentioned yeah. if you're living your life in this, if you're questioning living your life out of this apostolate, like learning how to find him and look for him, growing in confidence of that, that work in your life, that awareness of what he's doing. And just a great interior life is so important. And I know we'll talk about that, but everything that I've taught and know about prayer like rings true with this almost to the point where like we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to question whether or not we're doing it. We, we should maybe question what we're doing, but we should, we should always be very confidence focused in on and make it our like primary work to be in relationship with Jesus first. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like your struggle is very human. Like I'm even, I mean, I feel like I've been in the same place where I do feel like I'm judging through through mud and like not getting super far and then frustrated that I'm not getting super far. And he's like, well, no wonder you're not getting far because you stopped bringing me with you. And we've always kind of like attributed God's call um, to stepping out of the boat onto the water, walking, like trusting in God, keeping our eyes on God. And as you were saying, um, saying that, you kind of forget that sometimes too. It reminded me of his words like you know peter looked at the storm around him and then he began to sink it was taking his eyes off christ and when jesus reached out and pulled him up he said why did you doubt or you have little faith why did you doubt so it's like in our taking our eyes off of christ in the midst of our apostolate that doubt starts to set in, that we stop trusting. And it's like, yes, an apostolate flows from an interior life with Jesus, but sometimes we can be so in love with Jesus that all we want to do is work for him, and then we forget about him, and we forget about how much we love him. Mm -hmm. And so it really is like, that has to be the focus. I mean, as we keep stressing, that has to be the focus.
0: And from my experience, the easiest place to forget him is in those areas that are the most familiar. Those mm-hmm. tasks that are most familiar, the things you're good at, those are the places that it's the easiest to forget yeah. the Lord.
1: Like where's there where there's success, it's like oh I did right. good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like
0: I I think of speaking comes to mind for me. I I still get nervous. I've done it hundreds of times, and yet I still have a little bit of nervous. And I thank God for that because it it is a reminder that oh I need you Lord. Like. God help me if I ever go up to give a talk with no nerves whatsoever, Mm -hmm. unless it's like a divine moment that the Lord is clearly working, like make that obvious to me. Because I think I would be concerned that I am thinking I can can do do this on my own. Mm -hmm. But from my experience, again, it's not in those more public things. It's in the the things that I'm good at naturally. It's in what seems the most familiar. Mm -hmm. When I'm uncomfortable, I don't forget the Lord. <laughs> Usually, yeah. because I need his help. It's just like when—when when do we pray the most? When we're in trouble, yeah. when everything's falling apart. But we also have to remember the Lord in those things that seem mundane. Yeah, Erica, as you're talking, it like, just that really stands out to me, and that's a challenge in the soul of the apostolate as well. And it's also why I always pray that prayer. Lord, I know I'll forget you today. Thank you that you don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. But he says in the soul of the apostle, these words, the God of good works must never be deserted for the good works of God. That woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel does not give us the right to forget. What doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his own soul? And then he uses this phrase, the heresy of good works. The heresy of good works. And he says, heresy and good works, feverish activity taking the place of the action of God. Grace disregarded, the pride of man wishing to de- dethrone Christ's supernatural life, the power of prayer, the plan of redemption put in the background, at least in practice. That's an indictment, yeah. and it may sound harsh, and you may find yourself thinking, "Well, I don't do that," but I, I promise you, you probably we do. Probably all do, yeah. We yeah. all do,
1: because it's human. <laughs>
0: it's human, and and I got to tell you, like. Working, If you volunteer in ministry or if you're in staff, you can speak to this as as well, Eric and Kara, but I think the hardest part of working in ministry is it's so easy to make your work your spiritual life, and that's where this heresy of good works can really set in and really hinder your fruitfulness and really your love for the Lord and really weigh you down.
1: Yeah. The Soul of the Apostolate also has a quote I like to go back to. It says, all true apostolic workers expect much more from their sacrifices and prayers than from their active work. And I think if we bring ourselves to a place where like that is the mentality, that prayer above everything is the most important to a point where like you cancel your plan, you Mm -hmm. cancel the event, you cancel whatever it might be because you haven't prayed or you Mm -hmm. set aside every single thing and you do eight hours of adoration. I don't Mm -hmm. know. You know what I mean? But we should expect more from sacrifice and prayer than we should from all of the planning and all of mm-hmm. the preparation and all of the work that we have done. Right. And I think he's, he's the author is using this and talking about, you know, religious life and having cloistered religious sisters pray mm-hmm. for your activities. But it's so true. Right. It's so true in everything that we do. It, it, has, it has to be abiding.
0: This is exactly the reason like catechists and forming catechists for years. One of the tips I always give them is, okay, it's... 20 minutes before class, you didn't get to prep this week for whatever reason. What's the best use of of your time? It's not stress prep. It's prayer. Mm -hmm. Like you need to invite the Holy Spirit into that chaos of your stress. You had a rough week, but the Lord knows that. But you need to spend that time in here prayer because you need him
1: now to take it to the next step can you challenge yourself to actually do that that. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. I think the same goes with like the apostle of parenthood man I get frustrated all the time Mm -hmm. and it's like okay I could expect a work in this moment like hmm, what's the best way to teach my, you know my kid what they're doing is wrong or what's the best way to go show my kid love whatever it's like before I do anything let me pause and just like offer up my frustration because that's what's going to be the most transformative in this particular moment so Mm -hmm. even in the even in you know The quote mundane or things that might not be going out in that formal sense, like an event or a parish or whatever, we still have to hold the same mentality is offering everything up as prayer.
2: Amen. What's coming to mind is I'm going through the book Interior Freedom by Jacques Philippe and he gives...
1: It's so he gives good. this
2: section on choosing or consenting, and he talks about like like a child in a supermarket sees all of these things and all these options, and their their thought of like real freedom is to be able to have choices and be able to pick whatever you want. And mm-hmm. and he said, and then he goes through this idea of like marriage and like, well, isn't that people look forward to that with marriage? Like you just need to find your spouse, but actually, the second you arrive at the destination of having all, being able to choose the right thing. You don't actually have that freedom anymore because you're stuck with the person that you marry. <laughs> and so there's like there's actually a, an, a death at the end of that that theory of like, let let me look at everything and then decide what I'm going to do or what's best or how I can handle these things or or what the church needs or what what any. Jacques Philippe basically says stop. That's not the life, that's not the perspective, that's not the attitude you want to have real deep interior freedom. What you want is to simply consent to the will of God, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that there is only one choice. Mm-hmm. And if, if we can learn to be attentive to that and, and say yes to it, and usually that means yeah, stopping in a situation and being open to like what's actually happening here. And, mm-hmm. right. and then responding, but our, we're fixers or we are like strategizers and we're all these things that are, that are gifts that the Lord will use. But if we're only doing it out of that, like child, childlike attitude of I'm going to, ju- I would just want to, I can see all the options. Now we just got to prioritize them and pick the best one without Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. beginning of the interior life, without firstly focusing on that and giving all those options to the Lord. Because even in discernment, I've learned people come with these options. And usually my first, when I meet with someone and they're trying to make a decision, one of my first things is to throw a curveball of another option in there. And they get really (laughs) irritated. Like, well, what about, I remember so many times students would come in, well, well, I want people say, you can help me discern college. Okay, what are the options? We got these three options. Okay, all of them are good. You can afford all of them. You've been accepted all of them, fine. Have you considered the Lord might not be calling you to go to college? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, why, why would we do that? Why, why would the Lord, I don't, I don't understand. Why would not he want me to go to college? I'm not saying that you aren't. I'm just saying like, <laughs> why?
1: No, I have not considered that. <laughs> are you open
2: to that? Are you like completely disposed yeah. to whatever the Lord wants you to do? Because it's, it's usually in those moments where he's going to say like something profound because you're, you're actually open and ready to discern his will in your life. So I, I mm-hmm. that idea of these choices, I just think we, we can so often just try to figure out. I can see my eighth grade son right now looking at that. So, okay, I, I know this now, I know this now, and I'm trying to like strategize how to like adult. And I, <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I, I want to do mm-hmm. it well. And, and so we correct him on something and he'll pull out this like card of something we said the day before.
1: Ah! <laughs> and it's
2: like, no, you, you don't get it. Like, I hate there, that card. You, don't, you yeah. don't have it figured out. And and I yeah. think
1: and you don't have to yeah and I, mm.
2: I remember a priest it, it really struck me one time just saying like in a, in a homily he just said the the moment you think you got it figured out you don't with anything yep. mm. and so yeah. there just has to yeah. be this like openness of every day Lord what do you want me to do and how do you want me to respond and then the mm. second you're hit with a crossroads or a situation and you feel and you you know and you sense that this is something beyond you in that moment because you're you're unsure at all then you reach back and you grab the Lord again and remind, it's a good reminder to like cling to him in all things and continue to ask for his guidance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Just completely being willing, willing to let go of control. I like that consent that, I mean, that is the apostolate too. It's, it's humility and to, in. it, In order to completely accept God's will, look at Mary, it's complete humility and death to self, and we have to be okay with that. I can think of several times where I clung to my plan because I thought my plan was good or I didn't go to God first, and it ends one of two ways. One, just it doesn't go well or it doesn't go as well as it could have with God. Or two, he completely blows up my plan five minutes before I'm supposed to go do that plan. And then what do you do? because if we have if we have this like clinging reaction to what I want in my options because that's quote false what I would say false freedom is mm-hmm. i get to choose then everything blows up and and we don't know what to do but if there's just this like complete trust in god that he's got it then that is freedom of the soul and that kind of lends itself more to the fruit of the apostolate i wouldn't say that that you know, choosing versus consenting is taking a passive seat because we have a religious sister um, who is very, very intuitive on discernment. And she says there is an active participation in discernment. You have to eventually make a choice. So you can be presented with options and then you make a decision, but then that's the question. What if God changes the decision? Mm-hmm. What if God brings in a new choice? Then what do we do? So we obviously continue moving forward, but when God throws something in that is His will, are we able to discern it, and are we able to receive it?
0: Yeah. Kara, I think that's, as we were thinking the same as you started to talk about Mary. Like, I think this lies at the heart of what is the real source of fruitfulness in the apostolate, and that's prayer, and especially humility. Yeah, Those words of Mary, be it unto me according to thy word, O Lord. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your word. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I what was Mary's whole mission? What was her apostolate? To bring Christ into the world. Mm-hmm. What's ours? To bring Christ into the world. So in all that we do, we have to pray. And sometimes the Lord's going to be like Eric and throw us curveball. <laughs> but we have to be able to say, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. We have to put that first and foremost before all things.
1: Pray and suffer. Like if we're looking at Mary, who suffered greater Mm -hmm. apart from Jesus? She had the seven sorrows. She lost her son. She did nothing. She couldn't do anything about it. Who suffered so great as a a human? Mm Mm-hmm. Then Mary, she is a beautiful example. So we have to be able to pray, yes, but also receive suffering. Because I think, I, like we've talked to so many people who have started apostolates and they are thriving, but on the cusp of that was just this great drought or this great trench or complete right. and suffering, even in the
0: midst of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even
1: in the midst of it, just complete desolation. But it's, I mean, God's still there in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. But are we willing to receive the suffering and still move forward in our in our mission?
0: Right. Yeah. Amen. One last tip as we, or one last thing I, I want to talk about as we round out here, it wasn't in our notes, guys, but it, it was coming to mind as as we're talking, because we're just talking to the apostolate generally. I also think we need to be cautious, and it goes with humility here, um, not to compare ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, uh, one thing I have found that as a Catholic podcaster, this might sound weird, I don't listen to other Catholic podcasts. I don't do that on purpose. The reason I don't do that on purpose is because I find myself settling into comparison. I'm not as good as Father Mike Schmitz. Mm -hmm. I'm not as smart as this guy. I'm not as smart as this guy. I don't sound as good as that guy. I'm not as polished as that guy. And then I start beating myself up, feeling less less than, feeling discouraged ultimately, in some way, that's opening the door to pride. Mm -hmm. It's seeing myself as less than I actually am. And, And in a way, forgetting the Lord in the sense that despite however I see myself and think I am, the Lord still called me to do this, just like you said, Eric. He called me to do this. And so there's a value in that. There's a humility. There's a surrender in that, that I need to be willing to do. But I wanted to throw that out to you uh, as we round out the show, because we're not going to have a bonus paid section like we normally have uh, in this particular episode. But any any thoughts on that as we uh, wrap up this episode?
1: I think that's another thing that's very human. Yes, sometimes it's very human forgetting God, but I think uh, comparing ourselves to one another is also very human. Um but God calls us to be very unique and has called us and chosen us to to do something very unique, which is beautiful. But yeah, it's really easy to look at somebody else's apostolate or somebody else's mission and be like, well, there's is, theirs is greater than mine. They'll be remembered more than I will. They're more gifted than I am. They have better mm-hmm. gifts than I do and just fall into, um, I don't want to say desolation, but maybe sorrow of maybe what God has chosen you to do. And it, it diminishes what god has chosen you to do because if we start falling into envy of another then we're not seeing the grace and the beauty and the gift that we've been given and so it diminishes what god can do within you and what he wants to do within you
2: yeah i think the thing that's come to mind is he gives us he gives us our apostolic work for ourselves and our own growth first for the sake of the church of course yeah. for the building up of the church but so many of the struggles that you have as you strive to live out your apostolate well, if it's connected to Jesus through your prayer, you're going to feel this like discomfort and this need to like improve or to grow or to lay like, like you're going to feel humility in a sense of understanding like you can't do it, but also hopefully an eagerness to do it really well. And He's going to take that plus all of your history, all of your the way the things you love the things you are afraid of. He's going to take all of that into account. And through this apostolic work, he's going to form you and build you up to be a, an even greater presence of his throughout the world. And so I, as you're talking about like this, well, I'm, I'm looking around at these things and everyone who's hearing Fred say that is like, Fred, you you got to stop. You 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 have this this like you're looking at the wrong things. Look at the gifts of what you are, because you're not Father Mike Schmitz. Praise God, you're not Father Mike Schmitz. Right. <laughs> right. But what are those things? And and I think as you enter into the the apostolate, you should also at all times have this sense of like formation in, in your own hearts in a and in a deepening and a mystery that God is unveiling to you. Of his plan for your life, that's deeper than you would have expected. Because I know, mm-hmm. like, as someone who's engaged in stuff online a lot, like, I couldn't, I wouldn't be happy doing what Father Mike Schmitz is doing. I'd love to be able to have his gift of teaching that he has, but like the way that God has laid him out to do his apost- his apostolate, I'm like, I would not enjoy that at all. Mm-hmm. But I want to have the confidence to really find the joy and the peace and the freedom to live the life that he's given me. Um, because it's all tied together. So I, I think that these challenges are important. You're not, you're not, I don't think, ever going to arrive at your apostolate and just simply be good. There there, there right, will be right. more that the <laughs> yeah. Lord wants to do for the sake of his church mm-hmm. and the building up of his church. Um, but often that's done, I think, in in very small, subtle ways that are are hard for us to say yes to every day. Um, but it's, it's a really important part of this, this process of discovering your apostle in the first place and growing in it. Yeah.
0: And growing in this, oftentimes it's not a huge leap of faith. It's just one step at a time. Rarely is it the huge leap of faith. Most oftentimes it is that day to day, the little yeses that we say along the way and, and recognizing in humility the Lord has poured forth his love in your heart to share that love with others. And, and the gift of that love is so unique and so infinite that only you can reveal an aspect, that aspect of love that you've been entrusted to in the world. And the sooner you say yes to that in humility, Lord, your will be done in and through me, then a real movement begins.